Hi, I'm Mathieu Rompré. And I'm Peggy Moss, and this is the Blake's Continuity Podcast. Actually, it's a special trans edition. One where we pause and look back at the key learnings in public M&A and how the pandemic impacted the market. To get a sense of the year it's been, we bring together three Blake's partners whose practices focus on public M&A transactions. We are joined by Kathleen Kilty in Vancouver, Olga Carey in Calgary, and Alex Moore in Toronto. Alex, the pandemic has impacted M&A transactions in a number of ways, which was to be expected. Have you encountered any surprises, good or bad, in the deals you worked on? Well, yes. Last year, we had an experience that really epitomized the roller coaster type of year that 2020 had been with a live transaction. We really couldn't have seen more perfect timing to sort of uh, live through the ups and downs that the pandemic has brought to M&A transactions in 2020. Early in the year, we announced a transaction for a public company, Target. And at that time, the markets were hitting fresh highs. The industry sector was on fire that we were uh, doing a transaction for. And there was just uh, you know, robust enthusiasm for the market, notwithstanding that the pandemic was emerging. You know, People knew COVID was out there, but it hadn't affected the markets yet. Nevertheless, within about three weeks of announcing our transaction, which was a premium to the all-time high of the company's stock, we saw the markets take a deathly turn, dropping 40% overall. And although our transaction was a cash transaction, the company's stock price dropped about 25% from our deal price, which really indicated that the market had significant doubts about whether our transaction was going to close you know, for various reasons whether the market thought that the buyer was willing to walk away from the transaction because of the uncertainty or concerns about whether banks were willing to finance the transaction. So with all the uncertainty that we were having to deal with, with what's happening in the marketplace, what's happening in the industry, we had to consider you know, what are the contractual obligations of the parties? Are we bound to close under all circumstances, regardless of what comes from the pandemic? Uh, what kind of freedom does the target have in responding to the pandemic, you know, given that our agreement with the target had typical uh, restrictions on its operation of the business and, and restrictions on deviating from the ordinary course? Alex, I'm curious, what's the outcome of that story you just told us? Yeah, well, happily, uh, things did stabilize uh, in the markets as well as for the business. And we were uh, able to close the transaction about nine months after the announcement. And you know, at the deal price, bold shareholders who had bought in at that 25% discount were handsomely rewarded. It was probably a very lucrative opportunity for merger ARBs. And uh, so we closed that transaction. But obviously, during the course of the pending transaction, you know, we were very much monitoring what the contractual obligations were of the parties, trying to be ready for, for whatever might arise. So happily, we were able to close. And I should note that, you know, one of the really remarkable things, although has become sort of commonplace now uh, with, uh, with the transaction, is just how we were able to execute it, you know, all working from home. We, uh, we announced this large transaction with assets across the country. We needed you know, the involvement of many uh, practice groups at Blake's. 
And, uh, you know, on March 13th, I think we all packed up and moved to our home offices and picked up where we left off. And despite the fact that, you know, we were operating, you know, all remotely, uh, you know, having to deal with filings and, and, and various tasks and court appearances across the country, we were able to pull off the transaction really without a hitch. And uh, I think that's been really commendable for the whole team, but also indicative of what has uh, changed just so, so quickly. Very interesting. Has there been an increase in deals leading to litigation? Yes, certainly there has been um, a fair uptick in litigation. We were not the only transaction to have uh, you know, nicely bridged the market reaction to, to the COVID pandemic. It was a robust M&A market you know, leading into the lockdown in early 2020. And so there were several transactions that were caught like ours. And in other industries, you know, the impact of the pandemic was much more severe. Um, and so we are seeing litigation. Some of it is still pending on transactions where buyers are either trying to find opportunistic excuses to get out of the transaction or, you know, there are serious existential questions about the nature of the business, given the impact of the pandemic on the targets. And so we are seeing those transactions wind through courts. And we are starting to see some decisions come out of the courts, both from Delaware and in Ontario. And what we're seeing is in interpretations of the material adverse change clauses and whether buyers are you know, relieved of their obligations to close, you know, the courts have been you know, following established precedents you know, on material adverse change clauses. And you know, under normal formulations of a MAC clause, we are seeing that uh, it's going to be a high bar for purchasers to get out of transactions citing the impact of the pandemic. Um, and I should, say, I should say that every case is fact-specific. But on the other hand, with the uh, ordinary course of business covenants, they're seeing a lot more focus there and on how a target can comply with the ordinary course of business covenant while de responding to the pandemic. Because as you can imagine, you know, everybody has to react in some ways when there's a provincial lockdown order barring customers from entering your premises. You know, how do you respond to those changes? This is not a normal occurrence. And so how, how are people going to respond? On those provisions, we've actually seen a divergence in the courts in terms of how they approach it, with Delaware taking a fairly strict approach and Ontario taking a more, I'd say, understanding approach with respect to uh, holding a target to the ordinary course business covenant uh, when responding to the pandemic. Kathleen, in our August podcast on distressed M&A, we learned that the uncertainty around COVID has heightened opportunistic behavior. What has your experience been when helping clients assess potential transactions? Thanks, Peggy. It has been an interesting year. Uh, there hasn't been a major change in legal principles that are applied uh, by a company in assessing an M&A transaction. Companies considering an acquisition business combination sale still ultimately need to determine if the transaction's in the best interest of their company. But the volatility and uncertainty caused by the pandemic has created unique challenges in assessing whether a transaction meets that legal test of being in the best interest of the company. 
you know, for example, companies hire financial advisors to help them determine if an offer is in the best interest of the company. And and one of the metrics that those financial advisors use to assess whether the consideration being offered is fair to the shareholders is to look at the transaction premium. And in the spring of 2020, when the share prices had declined rapidly and significantly in response to the declaration of a pandemic, some offers had a very significant premium to the current market prices. And then target companies had to determine whether the offers presented were good offers uh, or just opportunistic. And those decisions had to be made at a time when it was unclear what the short and long-term impact of COVID would be on the business itself. Other companies, clients determined that COVID was going to have such a negative impact on their business in the short or long term that what might have looked like an opportunistic offer was in fact the best option for the company and proceeded. There's always uncertainty in determining the long-term prospects of a business that's been true uh, before COVID and will remain true after COVID. But COVID has been particularly challenging for some sectors with the rules and regulations changing without notice or not much notice and those changes having a significant adverse impact on the business and having to decide on whether or not offer is in the best interest of a company through that backdrop um, have been very challenging decisions for our clients in some instances. Kathleen, what are some of the other challenges your clients are encountering? So the challenges are many and varied in COVID, really depending on what sector the client's in. Some of our clients have uh, been barely impacted by COVID or their businesses have frankly improved, uh, while others in certain sectors, which I'm sure we can all identify, have had extraordinarily adverse impacts on their business. Um, Going back to the discussion we had earlier about the challenges of assessing an M&A transaction in the context of COVID, I guess I'd add that some of the companies that concluded that an offer was ultimately in the best interest of the company when they factored in, you know, the long-term impact of COVID on their business, ultimately their shareholders actually had a different point of view. And I view this as a reflection of, you know, a continued environment of shareholder activism But I also think it's a reflection of of the volatility and uncertainty of COVID itself, that even though the board and management have the best knowledge of the business, its prospects, and the impact of COVID-19 on the business, shareholders have their own crystal ball and may ultimately determine that uh, COVID's not going to have severe an impact on the long-term prospects of the business. Olga, there's been an increased focus on interim covenants over the past nine months and the role they play in M&A agreements. Could you please describe for us what an interim covenant is and what our clients should be aware of when they're preparing for a deal? Thank you, Peggy. We have seen a bit of a spotlight land on interim covenants uh, since the pandemic outbreak. This change was brought about by buyers looking for ways to walk away from deals signed before the pandemic. Uh, most public M&A transactions uh, involve a so-called interim period, which is a period of time between parties signing a definitive agreement to complete a transaction and the actual closing of a transaction. This period is to allow the parties to obtain the necessary approvals. The main purpose of such um, covenants is generally to maintain the value of the seller's business until the transaction is closed and commonly include an obligation for the seller to conduct its business in an ordinary course of business 
which is typically defined with reference to the seller's past practice. Thank you, Olga. Mathieu here. I understand that energy companies have been significantly impacted by the pandemic. What types of challenges are these businesses facing now uh, and that weren't a factor in previous years? Uh, that's a really good question, Matthew. Over the past year, the energy sector has experienced quite a significant impact of both the Saudi Arabia uh, price dispute uh, with Russia and the subsequent drastically decreased global demand for oil and gas. The impact of uh, recent initiatives for carbon reductions have created further layer of challenges. Shortly following the onset of the pandemic, we did see a pause in the sector's M&A activity, um, which was a result of issuers evaluating the impact of the pandemic on their business and challenges in valuations as a result of significantly decreased oil prices. Um, as we saw the year progress, the number of announced transactions increased um, and including some consolidation efforts by larger and mid-market issuers to create operational synergies. As well, we saw a number of distressed sales and opportunistic transactions involving smaller issuers in various states of uh, financial distress. As we expect to see an increase in similar types of M&A transactions as we move further into 2021, um, we advise our clients to be proactive in evaluating their strategy, including preparing for potential M&A activity and making sure that directors uh, become familiar with new considerations created by the pandemic for boards in discharging their duties complex valuations and associated deal complexity are expected to continue to prevail in the industry. And um, a uptick in M&A activity is certainly something that we here are very much looking forward to. Thank you, Kathleen, Alex, and Olga. Listeners, make sure to tune into our next episode. Until then, stay well and stay safe. <laughs>